their word from the Lord. Our scripture reading this morning as we uh, come to you on this uh, fourth Sunday in, in May, uh, May the 24th, uh, Romans, the seventh chapter, verses 12 through 25. The book of Romans, the seventh chapter, verses 12 through 25. Our scripture reads, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by commandment may become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, soul under sin. For that which I do, I allow not, and for what I would, that I do not, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that is good. Now then it is no more that do it that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil that I would not that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after with the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his holy and his righteous word. You know, ever since the rise of modern science and almost impregnable walls separating it from religion, morality, and human values has been raised to the heights. And we should be skeptical of this divide. Its morals and values should not be based upon the ways things are. Reality then is what we should be based on. And, and it's when moral issues become weighed with political and economic and ideological baggage that the moral landscape begins to uh, inundate and, and the world changes rapidly and our basic needs as humans, not, uh, not so much, but we need to know that the world is changing rapidly in terms of this broad global trends and uh, that is driving businesses in this uh, immediate space around uh, our day-to-day -day, lives and our, our potential uh, is to be born into a God a family, but receiving the total power that God has made available but we are in uh, be uh, given jurisdiction over this entire universe. He promised that in, 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 in Genesis. And it will be an eternal life accomplished if we find our way into the joyous reception with him as he receives us in the glory. But, but still looking back at all of our accomplishments and with happiness and joy of what shall be already accomplished in life. But God is truly 
offering us an incredible future. But however, God does not expect us to see something from us uh, when we get over there. He expects for us to be able to produce a life while we're over here. Heaven is going to be fine, but God is expecting us to live a heavenly life while we're here on earth. We need to be able to grow and develop and to change and to conquer some things that are happening in our life right now. But sadly, many of us, uh, the, our character traits that we should be exemplifying in our lives, are, uh, they, they don't reflect the character of God. Our, our Sunday school lesson talked about God character and our behavior. Sometimes uh, our, our, our character does not, does not reflect that behavior. So as we look at our lesson today, we want to talk to you on the subject, how to decipher uh, the human potential or how to get to know your greatest potential. So let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come. And as we come, we ask you, this, Lord, your dear servant, in the deep well of our salvation, continue to put your loving arms around us, Lord, and we bless you for all that you have done in us and through us. Lord, just touch my lips right now that I can boldly say those things that you have laid upon my heart that we now will be able to tell unto your people. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we praise you. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Let the household of faith say amen. You know, deciphering the human potential, how to get the, to know your potential. How do you get to know your potential? So in our society today, we're, it's hard to find someone who hasn't dabbled in some human potential. I'm, I'm talking about bad stuff, good stuff, and all kinds of stuff that can happen in your life. You've got the potential of doing some of those things. You know, the desire to improve yourself, it, uh, it, it will cause you to be able to do some things in your life and, 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 and sometimes it's unstoppable in, in, in trying to reach your greatest potential things that are happening in your life but but having painted this picture that ones need to ask uh, if our human potential is bearing fruit like it should like God wants us to be you know belief in the Bible means that we are believing we're accepting the laws of God is and the good and that God has defined in his plan for us in our lives and and we need to follow those tenets to improve our lives if if you want your life to improve if you want the maximum potential out of your life God got the plan. He laid the plan down for us. But we got to follow that plan. See, that, 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 they are concrete principles that God has laid that, that will show us how to conduct our lives and live our life so that we can get the maximum potential out of our life. To do otherwise invites calamity in our life because of those physical laws. They also exhibit those spiritual laws in our lives also. That, that we can exist outside of a, a a healthy life that God has planned for us if we don't live according to his word. However, some societies and individuals and, and even ministers of, of the faith, they have thought to interpret and modify those tenets that God has put in his laws and uh, according to some cultural prisms that have been around them and cultural ways of living, you know, they've led to confusion really in the body of Christ and causing this one unacceptable behavior to become acceptable. Controversies have raged and continue to rage between believers on these various topics. But regardless of human debate, the fundamental truths of God uh, does not change. And, 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 and we got to accept that. So while such debates seem progressive as humanity becomes more sophisticated, it is clear that the moral development of humanity has long lagged 
lagged in significantly behind in his technical uh, knowledge and has caused us to advance more and more. Uh, we've gotten away from the principles of God and, and we've become so techno-savvy that we fail to realize that God's word is plain and simple. Simple man remains sinful regardless of his computing capacity. You know, therefore, concrete tenants are necessary to, in order to bridle those undesirable behaviors that we have inside of us that has some detrimental consequences to our lives. We talked about it in Sunday school. Israel was uh, under great devastation because they lack the Christian or the godly behavior that they have in your life. The principle of seed time and harvest says that your man reap what he sows. So you got to understand that you have to have a certain type of behavior in order to have the maximum potential of being fruitful in your life if you want to be able to do those things that God has sown deep down inside of you. You have to be able to live according to his word. So society is putting these things in our life, but it's led to devastating consequences. So God gave us laws, and, and he helped us to, to be able to live productive lives by according to these laws. Those laws keep the fabric of a society cohesive. And However, if we reject the belief that there is a, a difference between right and wrong and, and refer to hold the Bible as not the ultimate moral barometer, then uh, we get bogged down in a quagmire of all types of uh, moral controversy. And, and that is, I, I believe that through my conscious, I can create my own verbal morality. you got some folk that believe that. They believe that they are right, and, and whether or not the Bible says they are right or wrong, they can create that moral, uh, verbal morality in their mind, and they can believe it's right or wrong all by themselves. The Bible says that uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, that means that, that with that state of mind, every situation that I encounter, moral principles consistently or acting upon the, uh, those ideals of lasting conviction is based upon what I got in my head. I, I, I can think what I want to think. And, and that's where most people in certain religions have gotten to the point today. Solomon writes in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. I must have something to break this mental curse that I have over my life, over the way I think. Because my mind is, 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 is a, a, a war zone each and every day. When I try to do right, evil is always there, trying to get me to go uh, contrary to what God has demanded for me in my life. I must acknowledge God's authority over my life. If I don't have God's authority over my life, some other God, is controlling me and controlling the way I think, controlling how I react to things. So God is, is, is always trying to usher us into one direction, but our mind is always trying to push us opposite to the way that God wants us to go. So if I contend that I can deny the authority of the Bible yet have a, a concrete moral framework in my life, I'm intellectually dishonest. I, I'm lying to myself. Despite my passionate belief, my convictions are devoid of that, that absolute standard that God has established. I'm liable to change 
my core beliefs when challenged by some some other uh, uh, opposite uh, religion that have challenged my beliefs. You know, people change every day. People say they saved, then next day they questioned in God. People said that they they got godly spirits inside of them, but all of a sudden they get once they get challenged, that will determine whether or not that you got a concrete foundation on the tenets of God in your life. So you got to remain what steadfast, regardless of the opposition that come in your life. Living your life absolutely devoid of this 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 uh, solid foundation that you have in Christ, it, it will cause you to be able to drift away in your faith. The character trait is essential to achieve your human potential because you got to be steadfast in what you have accomplished in your life. What God has called you to do, you need to be steadfast in that. If not, you'll be caught up in a whirlwind of problems in your life, issues in your life that will prevent you from achieving that God-ordained potential that he has in your life. The question is, how do you decipher your maximum human potential out of all of the ups and downs that you have in your life, all of the things that you're going through, how do you get the most out of life? You know, now we come to our text this morning, you find that the Bible teaches uh, about the duality of mankind, your your body and your spirit, uh, you got to exist uh, homogeneously in, in, in that type of framework in your life. We must be careful to take care of our bodies by eating well and exercising and doing such things because we, when we care for ourselves, we reflect what we think about the, the, the godly image that we are made in. in, in, in and, and then we got to consider how we care uh, for yourself and how you take care of the, the, the healthiness of your mind and you got to learn how to glorify God in your lifestyle as human beings the body is not 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 essential to being made in the image of God and you know we're made in the image of God because of the spirit that we have in us you know it is the unified body and soul that makes us in the image of God not just the body alone but the mind and the body it makes us in the image and the likeness of God furthermore we got to hope to be righteous we must obey the creator with our physical flesh as well as our spirit. And though we can distinguish between mind and body, and, and, but we got to accept uh, uh, the, the, the separation there that is always in between them. You know, what we do on one affects the other. What, what affects the body affects the spirit. What affects the spirit affects the body. And by that, the flesh and the spirit must find a way to coexist in this world that we live in in order for to reach our highest potential. You can't tell me you're full with the Holy Ghost and you ain't eating right and you ain't taking care of your body and you ain't doing the things that will be able to give you long life you, you're, you're, you're corrupting the, the, the vessel that God has given you but you said you're full of the Holy Ghost if you're full of the Holy Ghost you'll understand that, that you're mind, body and soul that you have to accomplish the things that God has made for you in your life you got to be able to take care of the mind, the body and the soul Jesus tells us in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that you enter not in temptation, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, I know what it sounds like in the King James, but Jesus said that, that the flesh is weak in it, that, that it, it ain't going to roll over and give up the battle because you said so. You got to continue to press to keep that flesh down and because and the flesh is stronger than you think it is. You know, you got to, the flesh will cause you to do some things that you know that your mind is not uh, 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 not according to the will of God in your
life. Now I know I've been there. You've been there too. Your, 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 your flesh can cause you to do some things that you know won't right. Your flesh can cause you to do some things that, that you know was totally against the will of God. That weakness puts us in a fight that, that, that takes more than the human will to overcome. You cannot overcome that flesh with your human will. The human will is too much for you to handle. It's too big for you. You got to have something down on the inside so that you can help you get this fight. You can want to do right all you want, uh, but that flesh is always worn against that fallen man image that is inside of you, that Adam image. You got to have something to be able to fight that. That war hinders us many times from reaching our, our highest human potential because of this thing called the flesh. It's just too much. So Paul writes in our text, Wherefore that the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just and good, was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me, which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, soul under sin. See, the law is the plumb line that gauges our behavior. The law is good and just and holy and can reveal all of the sin defects that is hidden deep down on the inside of us. Part of my training in, in, in design engineering, we, we talk about uh, the five whys. We talk about uh, systematic problem solving, asking the right question. Why five whys? You know, it helps you identify the root cause of your problems. It, it, it helps you determine the, the relationship between the root cause and the problem. And it's a real simple tool to use. You just need to ask like why like five times and in, in, in those five whys and in, 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 uh, in, in he said uh, uh, so let's look at the problem. You know, let's look at the problem. So give it ain't here yet. So y'all forgive me. She ain't here yet so you, you ask the question, you know, uh, why, why can't I get to church on time? Why can't I get to church on time? You know, you know I, so I started to ask the question, why did I didn't get to church on time? And all of a sudden you said, because the car ran out of gas. Then, then number two says, why, why did it run out of gas? And, and because I didn't got, buy gas on the way to before I got to church. And then you say, why didn't you buy gas this morning? Because I didn't have time. Then you ask the question, why didn't I have time? Because I got up late. And then you ask the question, why, why, why did you get up late? Because I'm not a morning person. That, that sounds familiar to what my wife always tells me. She's not a morning person. So once you ask the question, why, it should lead you into making some changes in your life. Once you begin to look at the problem and identifying those five whys, you begin to address your problems in your life. So as you ask yourself, that, that what is the cause of sin in my life? The law is good. It's not causing the problem. The law didn't cause the problem. It helped me identify the cause of the problem. Until then you'll never be about to correct that the sin that you have in your life. The law helps you identify the problem, but, but so can, uh, you can do something about it. So you can do something about it. So the law is good. It's just and holy. It's not the problem. It helps you to be able to find out what the problem that you have in your life. So it will help you identify the problems that is causing you not to reach your highest human potential in your life. 
then if you would ask only the right questions, you got to ask the right questions in your life. You just can't keep on going on doing way things as usual and expect life to change one day. Ask the right questions, and then you'll be able to find those answers in your life. So next Paul tells us that the human potential to sin is inborn. Our text says that that which I do, I allow not, and for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I, I do not, but the evil that which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is not no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. See, the human potential to do good and, and to do bad is always evident in our human, as a human being. And, and, and David said that I, I was uh, shaping in iniquity and in, in, in my mother's uh, uh, womb did she conceive me. See, the, the, the flesh possess a sin nature that we inherited from Adam. I told you earlier. So, so many people get twisted about the Bible when we're made in the image of God. You need to read your Bible. He said, Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and he begot a son in his likeness and his intimate, and called him Seth. See, perfect man was created by God back in the garden, but when man started birthing other sons and daughters, they were birthed and begot in his image. That Adam image that that fell in the garden, all of us got that in us. As long as we are flawed with that Adam spirit, we can want to do good all we want, but we got that negative image that's always in us, in our flesh, that is wanting us to, to lean toward the bad. You know what Jesus told Nicodemus? He says, except a man be born again. See, until you be born again, without this rebirth, our human potential is apt to do anything. Y'all want to hear that again? Unless you're being born again in Christ Jesus, your human potential is apt to do anything. You read it all about it. Look at the news every day. Good folk raised in good homes and raised in religious uh, surroundings, and they do bad things every day. And the good news Bibles tell us that we don't need to get caught up into all of that stuff, but we got to realize that our human potential to sin is inherent. It's in us. We war every day, every day in ourselves, trying to get this thing to get to, to do right. Our, our own efforts is hopeless, and, and, and we live in defeat each and every day in our lives, and, 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 and if something doesn't happen up in here, let me put it right here, if something doesn't happen up here in your heart, that you're going to live this way. The, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, and it can know it. And who can know it? That's in the book. Jesus said, well, unless you're born again, unless you do something to be able to change that heart that is deceitful, despitefully wicked, you got to change that. Our ability to see and to do good is masked by that flesh nature that we have in us. And it takes an 
have open heart surgery. Y'all hear me this morning? You got to have open heart surgery by, by Christ Jesus to cut out that old nature of Adam out of you, to put in you that rebirth that is like that God's spirit. So without being born again, our human potential is apt to do anything. Evil at its best. We'll, we'll do some things that... I, let me ask you a question. Have you ever done some stuff that you really surprised yourself? That you did it? I never thought I'd do that. I've said it myself. I've done some things and I said to myself, I never thought I'd be like that. But it's that flesh inside of you that is driving you to do some things that, that, that sometimes it surprised yourself. You'll never be able to reach your highest human potential unless you be born again. you got to get a life change. Then finally, there's good news. Our text says, Therefore I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warned against the law of my mind, and, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. See, my, my brother had a pacemaker. Put in and a few years ago, and but his heart physically got so weak that he he, he wasn't able to walk from from the sidewalk into the hospital and a few blocks only. The doctor recommended he get a a, a, a defibrillator. Uh, defibrillators are these devices that restore the normal heartbeat by sending electrical pulses and shock to the heart. See, they they are used to prevent or correct uh, arrhythmia. You know, a heartbeat that is uneven. and So defibrillators can also restore the heart's beating if the heart suddenly stops. So our heart condition became so bad because of sin. It got so wicked that we need a spiritual defibrillator. Oh, do I need to say that again? Our, our hearts became so wicked, uh, became to beat so unevenly because God had to give us a spiritual defibrillator. Paul recognized the depth of our human condition and our inability to do anything about it with our human nature. He asked the five wives and he identified the source of the problem. He loved the law of God. He wanted to do right. But inside of him was another law that was tugging against him. Every time he wanted to do right, he, he had to cry for some help. That inward war was going on inside of him. The flesh against the spirit. Sin against grace. As long as you live this life, you're going to have to fight that battle. Paul realized that as long as he lived in this inescapable war between good and bad and with heart serving God and with his flesh all serving the power of sin, he realized if not for Jesus, if it had not been for the grace of God in his life, he'd never find the victory over his flesh. See, we must forever be grateful to God through Christ Jesus that he the victory. I don't care who you are. I don't care what church you belong to. I don't, I don't care if you call yourself filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the power of God speaking in tongues and everything else. Our human potential will fail if you don't have something inside of you to be able to help you through. But thanks be to God for Jesus that he gave us somebody to help us fight this flesh that is inside of us, tugging at our spirit each and every day that he will give us the victory. Now 
can have and live our total and highest potential through Christ Jesus. He, he gives us the victory. He is the only one that can help us get through this thing that we call life. It's too hard for us. It's too much for us to handle on our own. But thanks be to God for Jesus. He has given us the victory. So as we close this morning, you know, it's a fact that we, we mess up sometimes. I, I'm, I messed up, probably messed up talking about my wife coming late. But it seems like the flesh is winning the battle. But I want to encourage you to what, keep on fighting. Huh? We, 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 when we decipher this human condition, the conclusion is that we need a savior. The flesh is too much for us. Our humanity is corrupt. Uh, and there is nothing in our power or uh, that we can do anything about it. Our best efforts are fruitless. And, and, and our condition is miserable. One day, as old folks said, we up. And the next day, we down. Paul says that 
I mean, Isaiah 26 and 3 says that thou will keep him in perfect peace if we keep our minds stayed on him. See, we must keep our hearts and our minds stayed on Jesus in order for it to reach our greatest potential. Our efforts are fruitless if we take our focus off him. We must set our sights on things above rather than on things beneath to achieve our highest potential in life. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Huh? You can, but you got to have Christ inside of you. You can't do it all alone. God is, through Christ Jesus, is the one that, that, that will help you to do all things. See, we can't be boastful about us. It's him that strengthens us. Huh? I can do all things with Christ in my life. Huh? The poet Walter D. Wendell says that if you think you are beaten, you are. If you think that you down, not, you don't. If you like to win but think you can't, it'll almost sense you won't. If you think you'll lose, you'll lose. For out of the world you'll find success being a fellow's will is all about your state of mind. But if you think that you are outclassed, you are. You got to think high above and arise. You got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life battles don't always go to the stranger or the stronger or the fastest man. But sooner or later, the man who wins is the one who says, I can. Huh? Our human potential is all about what we think about up here, what it's all about up in here. Less talented people, less gifted people, less capable people have achieved great things because they made it up in their mind that they were going to do what God has told them to do. Pass or fail is about what's happening up in here, what's happening up in your head. The highest potential to pass or fail, but God's will for us is to succeed. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan, but the flesh got a plan too. But the question this morning is, who do you listen to? How do you decide for the human potential? Depends on leaning a whole lot on Jesus. You got to lean on him. You got to lean on him. You got to reach for your greatest potential. You need to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Our hands are too weak to fight this battle against our flesh. We need to hold on to stable, unmovable, unchanging hands. And God's hand is the only ones that we can hold on to. So if you want to get the best out of life, if you want to get your reaches, your highest and your greatest potential in life, hold on to God's unchanging hand. It's too much for us. But with Christ, he says that all things are possible. All things are possible. How do you get there? How do you get the best potential out of your life? You call on Jesus. You ask him to be able to help you in your time of trouble. Because the flesh is coming at you. It's going to come at you with all it's got. You know, and many times it's going to get the best of you. But if you just hold on to God's unchanging hand, he said that he will not put more on you than you can bear. If you just trust in him. Go to the Lord. Trust in him. And he'll deliver you out of those times of trouble. Our potential is out there to do good and to do bad. But if we hold on to God's unchanging hand, he'll help us reach our highs. God bless you.
today and may heaven ever smile upon you. Father God, we do thank you today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to encourage us during these times where we are down and out and many people seem hopeless during this whole time of the pandemic. But I want to encourage them that they can reach their highest potential during this great time of trouble. It said that being Alston got billion dollars richer during the pandemic. I, I, I can't quite understand it, but they, they've understood that even during trying times, that if you make the right investments, so I encourage you this morning to invest in Jesus. Make the right investment, and then you'll be able to reap those highest potentials that you have in your life. God bless you today and have us ever smile upon you. We open the doors of our church today. We invite those that do not know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior to allow, let him come into your heart. Invite him to come in. Allow him to turn that old stony heart into a, a heart like thine. We invite you to get to know him today. God bless you today. May heaven ever smile upon you. We ask you to go out tomorrow, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourselves with the family. Don't 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 get caught up into all of this uh, openness that we have out in uh, by the government. You you need to take care of your fire, your family. Take care of your home. Be there so that you can be able to be a help to them. They depend on you to be healthy. But if you get caught up and get caught out, you might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Only thing you need to do is find somebody that is symptomatic. Even some that is asymptomatic, that can be able to get that virus in your blood, in your bloodstream, to be able to get you infected. Then you bring it back home. So be careful. Y'all enjoy yourselves. We again salute all of the people that have died for our freedoms. Those who have died supporting us during this pandemic virus. And we'll continue to give God all the glory. God bless you today. And may heaven have a smile upon you. See you again next week. Be blessed. God bless you today. Be blessed on the praise line. Hope that each of you enjoyed. God bless you and be good. Enjoy with your family. See y'all.